0: You guys doing good? I'm be honest, that was average. I want us to get it up a little bit. How we doing tonight? There it is. Come on. God deserves the utmost praise. We got a little tribe outlaw. Really, now it's tribe Sparta. Tribe Sparta in the house? Who's in Tribe Sparta? Here you go. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Come on, give that to a student, Blake. This guy is crazy. Nah, I love you. Um, well, if it's your first time, we want to give you a special welcome. I'm glad that you're here on a Wednesday night in God's house. Hope you had an opportunity to stop over at New to Youth. We got some nice goods for you. Make sure you come on back. You get to spin the wheel for a prize and bring a friend. Don't do this life alone. Make sure you bring them. Um, but give it up for everybody joining us for the first time. <clears throat> so glad that you guys are here. Speaking of New to Youth, we have a student that won the shout out from stage and it's been long overdue and I got to give a shout out to Caleb Terrell give it up for Caleb second time he has a YouTube channel if you're interested spider dog and Weston man what a name but I would check it out seems cool glad that you're here Caleb um coming back hoping that you continue to come and bring friends give it up for Caleb one more time All right, we're in a series this is the week I didn't really get to, I didn't really get to finish what I wanted to say so this is part two. Oh man, they got a lot going on here. We're in a series this is the week Say this is the week. One more time say it again, this is the week, is the week. yes, it is and this week we're in first Timothy four verse twelve. Let no one, and I mean no one, not a single person, look down on you or your youthfulness. But rather, in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Show yourself an example of those who believe. In other words, reflect In other words, reflect. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, say, I'm ready. We'll do it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready to reflect. One more time. I'm ready to reflect. All right, there it is. All right, come on, let's pray. God, we're so grateful to be in here, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you continue to speak to us change our hearts, change us from the inside out. Lord, we're willing and ready to receive your word and learn more about you. Lord, we're so grateful. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. There it is. Well, Timothy, this is a book that is written to one person. At the time, it really was. It was written to one person. It was written by the apostle Paul. And this letter is written to Timothy who he called his true son in the faith. And just because it was written to Timothy doesn't mean it's for us. This is the word of God. This is something that we can still learn from this. God was using, he was speaking through Paul to speak to Timothy, but also to us. And I believe it's so applicable. It's so relevant to you in your life, where the apostle Paul says, don't let anyone look down on you for your youth. And he was saying this to Timothy because Paul, he loved Timothy. Timothy, he, Timothy was a good guy. He was, a, he, was, he was young, but he was good. And the the apostle Paul, you know, he, he wrote many much of the Bible, much of the New Testament, and he was an apostle, and he was an anointed man of God. He knew God. He saw Jesus face to face. At one point, he was against Jesus, and Jesus pulled up on him and said, Why are you persecuting me? And a little about Paul, he, got, he was blinded, and little later, God sent someone to heal him so that he could see. But Paul, he is a powerful man. He loves God, and he's, he's up in heaven right now in the presence of God. Paul, Paul was a righteous man, and he was looking for somebody that he could pour into. He was looking for somebody that he can train up. He was looking for someone that he could encourage and lead. And he saw Timothy, a young guy, and he said, you I I know that you love God. I know that you're young, but there's something about you. There's something different about you. I want to pour into you. I want to encourage you. I want to lead you. And they got so close that Paul would say that Timothy is his son in the faith, his spiritual son. That's how close they were. But Paul, he, he expected so much out of Timothy. I heard someone say one time, one of the biggest compliments you can give someone is to expect something out of them. Yeah, so next time your, your mom gives you a list of chores, be like, Mom, I know you think a lot of me. Uh, it must be a compliment. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. They believe that you can do it. <clears throat> it was a joke. It's all right. But the Apostle Paul, he loved he loved Timothy. He expected a lot out of him. And at this point, Timothy was young, and he was tasked to lead. He was tasked to lead others. And I, I maybe... I don't know. I I can see how the apostle he needed to push Timothy a little bit. You need to have some people in your life that will challenge you, that will encourage you, that will expect something out of you, that won't let you settle. I remember I was really young. This is a core memory. I was really young and I was really loving riding my bike with training wheels. Yeah, I'm talking that far back. And, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys know and remember riding your bike with training wheels, how easy it was. You know, it was nice and safe and it was all good and cool. And I was getting ready to go outside and ride my bike. And my dad was like, hold on, I don't know what you think you're doing. Today is the day. This is the week that you get your training wheels off. And my heart sunk. I was like, no, I don't know if I'm ready, Dad. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to get my training wheels off. But he didn't even ask me if I was ready. He said, this is, this is, this is the moment that you're taking your training wheels off. And he, I mean, it wasn't even I, it was so bad. It, we, 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 I live on, we used to live on a, a sloped driveway. And my dad put me on my bike, took the training wheels off, put me on the bike, and I'm thinking he's gonna slowly walk me down the driveway and so we can I can start pedaling. And he, he was like, Are You ready? And I was like, okay, I think he's I thought he was gonna he was gonna go with me. And he says, go. He just pushes me. Just pushes me down the driveway. And I, I, this, I never had any, I never rode the bike without training wheels besides this. And y'all, I live on, a, there's a street. He just pushes me down. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to end really bad. So all I, all I remember is I just start pedaling. I just start pedaling. And I just pedal, 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 hit a sharp turn and go down the street. And you don't even, you don't even realize, but there was a car that was coming. And I, I, I barely, I barely, I barely, I saved myself. I, I, didn't, I had the opportunity not to get hit by the car. But my dad just pushed me down the hill, and I was riding the bike. And I was like, man, that was kind of easy. That, was, that wasn't that bad. I mean, I almost just died, but it was all right. But I just found it so interesting that he didn't even ask if I was ready. He just took the training rules off and said, he pushed me. He just pushed me and said, this is the moment. This is the time. You're going to start riding your bike. And I never looked back. I love riding my bike. I rode my bike everywhere. I rode my bike to school, to practice, or across, the, across town. But it was that moment where my dad, he didn't, look, he didn't look me in my eye and ask me if I was ready. He saw, the, he saw the moments and the times where I was practicing. He saw the moments and the times where I was riding my bike with the training wheels. He said, no, this is the time. This is the moment. Now you're Ready? And I see this, how the Apostle Paul was in relationship with Timothy. He said, this is the moment where you're going to take your training rules off. I've been discipling you. I've been encouraging you. I've been leading you. I've been showing you what the Word of God says. I've been showing you how to step into what God's calling you. This is your push. And he says, Timothy, th- you need to lead the people. You need to do what God has put on your life. You have a gift. You have a purpose. There's something that I put on you that you gotta live out. So he, I, I just think he pushed Timothy. And I'm, if I'm Timothy, I can imagine that I'm a little nervous. I've, I've, Up until this point, I've always had Paul next to me, I've always had Paul by my side, I've always had his advice, I always had his opportunity to ask him a question. And th- guys, this isn't 2023 where you could pick up your phone and call and be like, yo, Paul, they tried me crazy, what do I do now? No, this is thousands of years ago. So that's why Paul Paul had to write Timothy a letter. And this would take weeks to get to him. So it isn't just like he had him on standby, on speed dial. He was was by himself, and now he had to live out the very thing that Paul knew he had all along. And because he was young, because he may have felt inexperienced, because he may not have been fully ready to lead, maybe because he, he felt like he was too young in the eyes of others. I'm sure he wanted to procrastinate. I'm sure he wanted to say, no, Paul, just give me a little bit more time. I don't want to do this. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if this is the moment. And if I was in his situation, maybe I would have wanted to procrastinate. And I'll be honest. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if anything good comes out of procrastinating. And if you don't know what procrastinating is, it's just delaying. It's just putting something on hold. You're like, hold up, not yet, not now. I don't know if I want to do this. And I, if I'm him, I probably want to procrastinate. But I'm realizing not too not too much good comes out of procrastinating. You know what I'm talking about. I remember one time I had to, uh, we just read The Great Gatsby in high school, and I had to do an, uh, a, an essay for AP Literature. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I have six weeks. I'm probably going to wait till the fifth week on the last day before I do this. And I procrastinated the whole time. All my other friends, they were talking about, oh, I hand, did you hand in your assignment? No, I didn't even start yet. You know, they all, they all finished their assignment, and it was time. And, you know, all the way up until the last day, I was like, all right, now I'm going to do it. And I decided to, to try to do the spark notes, try to read, try to do it, do it all. And, you know, I was up till three in the morning. I was up till 3 in the morning. And you know what? I'm proud of myself. I ended up getting an A. I, yeah, I ended up getting an A. I was pretty surprised myself. But you know what the problem is? I was tired the whole next day. I couldn't even stay awake in class. I couldn't even pay attention. I wasn't even focused. And that's the problem with procrastinating. It's it affects the next thing that you got to do. Procrastinating keeps you from walking out and living out and doing right. And procrastinating... It's not good. Procrastinating keeps you from living out the full potential that's on your life. And I don't know anything good that comes out of procrastinating. Some of you guys know, you may know, your, parent, your mom asked you to do a, a chore. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do it a little bit later. One time I, had to, I made the mistake. My mom asked me t- to defrost the chicken. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Asked me to defrost the chicken. And I was like, all right, she's away. I'm looking at the clock. She'll be back in probably seven hours from work. And, y'all, I was doing everything I could. I was playing the game. I went out to hang out with my friends. I was talking on the phone. And then I got a little bit tired, and I fell asleep. Oh, man, my mom pulled up. All I woke up to was a loud voice and some hands on my shoulders. Get up. What are you doing? I told you to put the, I told you defrost the chicken. Now, now you're not going to eat. Oh, man, I got in trouble. I ate. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. I ate. But I I was procrastinating. And procrastination, it caused me to miss the opportunity. And sometimes when we procrastinate, we we put things off and we don't realize that procrastinating is the very thing that causes us to miss opportunities. And I, I just want to encourage you, procrastinating, don't do it. And I I I know one of the ways that the apostle Paul, the way he he would encourage Timothy not to procrastinate, the way we can be encouraged not to procrastinate, is to get a push. You know, you know when you know it's a little cold outside, but you go to the, it's a little hot outside, and you go to the pool and it's a little cool, and you and you do the little you do the little rock, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna jump in, I don't know if I'm gonna get in, or you or or you hit one of these. Dip your toe in, see the temperature. You see if you really want to jump in. And then you got one of those friends that like, come on, stop playing around. And they push you into the pool. You know what I'm talking about? No one? That happens all the time. And a lot of us, we need a push. We need some people in our life that will look at us and say, you need to stop procrastinating. You need to stop putting this off. You need, to, you need to get serious about God. You need to read his word. You need to step into what he's calling you into. You need some people that will push you, that will encourage you, that will lead you to step into the very thing that God's calling you to do. I don't know if anything good comes out of procrastinating. Don't put it off. God's calling you to something. And something that I realized, something that I realized by reading the text and thinking about my own life was the greatest moments and opportunities came when I was so afraid and I was so scared and I didn't want to do it, but I had some people in my life that give me a little push. And there's some youth leaders in here that if you let them, they'll encourage you. They'll lead you to greater life. They'll show you what God's calling you to. They'll show you how to live how to live a life above reproach. They'll show you how to read God's word. They'll show you how to honor him. And you may be on the fence. You may be thinking, I don't know if I can live this life. I don't know if this is really for me. I don't know if I can do this. You need some people in your life that'll show you, no, this is life. This is what you need to live for. This is what you need to step into. God is calling you. God wants you. This is greater life. There's greater promise. There's greater love. There's something greater when you step into it. Don't procrastinate because there's so much greater on the other side. And I know, Paul, I know, I know he was encouraging Timothy because Timothy might have been like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. But I really believe that many of you in here, you may be thinking later on, maybe I'll lead. Later on, maybe I'll really get serious about God. Maybe later on, I'll really think about what he can do in my life and how he can use me. But I want to encourage you that this is the day. This is the moment. This is the week that you can lead. This is the week that you can set an example. This is the week that you can live for God. Don't put it off. This is your push. I'm pushing you into the pool. I'm encouraging you to step into what God's calling you to do. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Because procrastinating, it wastes time, and you can miss opportunities. And the apostle Paul was encouraging Timothy, Timothy, I need you to set an example. And just like Timothy in that day, you today can lead. Did you know that? I'll give you a quick crash course on leading. Just like the Apostle Paul was saying, it is to set an example. To set an example. You're not, it's, it's not just about telling people what to do. No. Setting an example is reflecting God. Setting an example is reflecting Jesus. And we're not just trying to reflect ourselves. We're not just trying to be a mirror of ourselves. We are a mirror to something greater. We are a mirror to God. We are a mirror to his word. We show and reflect the goodness of God. And you don't got to wait till tomorrow. You don't got to wait till next week. You don't got to wait till you get older. You can do it now. God is calling you to lead now. God is calling you to set an example now. God is calling you to reflect him now. And you know how you do that? He says, don't let anyone look down on you for your youth, but rather in speech, in conduct, in love, faith, and purity. First, he says, speech. Real quick, we're going to go through the ways that you can reflect God today, the ways that you can reflect God in your life, in your home, in your school, in your classroom, the way that you can reflect God, the way that you can reflect his goodness, the way that you can reflect who Jesus is, because there's so much power in it. There's so much power in it that God is calling you to be a vessel to show others who he is. You don't got to do it all in your own strength and all by yourself. What you're doing is reflecting something greater. And God is calling you to reflect him in speech. And all that really means is that you're echoing God's voice. You're reflecting God's Voice I'm, Just the other day I was talking to some students and um, the one of them they were talking and he, 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 I think he said a bad word and his friend nudged him and he's like, "Come on, that's the pastor and I, I, I couldn't help but laugh and I appreciated the honor but really we should have that, we should have that perspective with God like his ear is always attentive to what we're saying like he can always hear what we have to say and it's important to know that what we say it matters to God. I love what it says in Proverbs. It says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. God's, and I love God because everything that he says is full of life. It's encouraging. It leads us to greater promise. It leads us to greater, to greater purpose. It leads us to his promises. It leads us. It builds us. It grows us. So we want to reflect God's voice, we need to have the same. And the way that we can know God's voice is by reading His word. That's the only way you can reflect. That's the only way you can echo the very thing that God wants to say. And many of us, we get, we I can tell you probably get in conversations with people, maybe at school, maybe at, maybe in class, maybe at the, the field. They're like, man, I don't even know what to say. I want to encourage them, but I have no idea what to say. If you don't know what else to say, you say, man, God loves you. God cares about you. God has a plan for you. You can start quoting scripture over them. But God wants us to reflect his voice. God wants us to echo his voice. Because we gotta know that there's power in what God says, that there's purpose in it, that God wants to lead others to greater life. And today, you can set an example. Today, you can lead by sharing God's voice. And the way that you know God's voice is by reading His Word. And the way that you reflect it is by reading God's Word. And if you know what God said to you set you free, if you know God's Word gave you promise, if you know God's Word gave you purpose, then why not share it? You can lead today by reflecting God's voice. Secondly, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, I want you to conduct yourself well. And conduct really just means behavior. That's all it means. And sometimes people think Christianity is behavior modification. Oh, I just got to do this. I just got to stop cursing. I just got to stop doing that thing. And yes, those are important to live righteously, to live to the standard that God's calling us. But it really all starts At the heart. And if you wanna live right, if you wanna do what God's calling you to do, if you wanna live obedient to His word, it has to get into your heart. And you have to know God for yourself. You have to know what God is calling you to. You have to know what God says, the promises that He has. And when you know that we serve a generous God, when you know that God banked up heaven and sent his one and only son so that we wouldn't perish, but that we would have everlasting life, you'll give, you'll, you'll live with an open hand, live a life of generosity and reflecting his goodness and said, because he gave, I can give too. I'm gonna live life with an open hand. I'm gonna reflect his goodness. I'm gonna reflect God. When you know God, you can reflect him to others. And you say, Christ came down not to be served, but to serve. You say, man, I got to serve people. I got to come into church. I got to get to youth early. I got to open doors. I got to pray for people. I got to encourage them. Because I know that Jesus came and he served me. And he served those that were around him. He says, I'm calling you today to reflect me in your behavior. I'm calling you now to reflect me in what you do. And then he said, I want you to reflect God's heart. He says, you got to know, Timothy, how much God loves you. You got to know the plan that he has for you. You got to know in your heart all that God has done for you. Because when you know how much God loves you, when you know what he's done in you, what he, when you know what he's done for you, you have no problem loving. And the thing about the world today, the world will say love is affirming. The world will say love is you can do what you want to do. You can live out your life. You can live your truth. That's love. But that is not love. That is not love. If someone's riding off a cliff, you're going to stop them. If someone's riding the wrong way, you're going to stop them. If you know how much God loves them, then you'll love them too by saying, no, there's a better way. I know a man. I know a guy that brings life. I know a man that, can, that set me free. And I want to show that love to you. I want to be selfless. I want to love you. I want to lead you to greater life. I want to show you the love that is in God's word. And you can do that right where you are today is reflect God's love. And you can share the very love that God has given you. You can share it with others. That's how you can reflect God today. And he said, I want you to reflect me by your faith. And sometimes we we don't even really know what faith is. But very simply, faith is saying, I can't, but he can. And if someone comes to you, it's not about knowing all the answers. Sometimes we think, I got the greatest faith because I have the biggest Bible. I have the greatest faith because I know the most scripture. I have the greatest faith because when I speak about things, they happen manifesting it. That's not faith. No, true faith is saying, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you do. God, I don't know what to say, but I know you know what to say. God, I don't know where to go. Someone comes to you, and can say, I don't know. I don't know, but I know someone, and we can go in prayer. I know that God will come through for you. I know that he loves you. I know that he cares for you. I know that he has a purpose and a plan for you. That's, my, that's the faith that I have. I, that's the faith that I have, and that's the same faith that you can reflect today. In your life, you know, because there's many people in your circles, in your neighborhoods, in your schools that are struggling and they want to believe in something. But you can say, I know and I believe in something that's firm. I believe in a foundation that's secure. I believe in something and I believe in someone. And that's how you can lead today. That's how you can reflect today. Lastly, it says, in your youth i want you to set an example of purity and this this honestly i remember years ago when i read this i was like really really paul how i'm i'm only 17 like what everyone my age isn't living in purity. Everyone my age isn't isn't doing that. Everyone my age isn't honoring God. Everyone my age, it, it, it's just maybe later, God, maybe later I'll live in purity. And that's the very thing that the enemy, that's the very thing that the world wants us to do is to put off living for God now and procrastinate it for later. But that's not what Paul is saying to Timothy. He says, even in your youth, even in the season that you're in, you can set an example. And purity just isn't doing all the right things and staying away from certain things. Purity of heart is saying, God, you deserve all of my worship. God, you deserve all of me. There's not no part of me that you can't have. There's no peace in my life that isn't yours. God, you deserve it all. It's to, without mixture, without anything else in the world, without any other I- idea, without any other... Faith, it is only in Jesus, in Jesus alone. That's who my worship belongs to. And I'm going to live like it. And that's what you can do today. That's how you can live today. And saying, God, I, I may make mistakes. I may fall short, but I want my heart to be pure. And when your heart is pure, you can reflect God. And you, he, God is not asking you for perfection. He's calling you to purity. And he's saying, if you give me all of your heart, if you give me all of your worship, if you give me everything that you have, you're going to reflect me in a way that honors me. And I want to encourage you that today is the day that you can lead. Today is the day that you can set an example. Today is the day that you can reflect God and reflect something greater. And today is your push. Nothing good comes from procrastinating. Nothing good comes from setting it away. All we do is waste time and we miss opportunity if we procrastinate. And this, this isn't to scare you and try to make you do something. No, but if you're on the edge, I want this to be an encouragement to you. That you don't have to be, you don't have to try to be good enough. You don't try to have to fix your life. You don't have to try to mm, really hard to be good enough. God is mapping it out for you right here and say, if you will follow me and live a life for me you're going to reflect me in my goodness, and you're going to draw others. You know what? You know what the powerful thing about God, even in the season that you're in? The Bible says that God has given all of us who believe in him who are children of God the ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation is this big, fancy word. All it means is bringing someone back. Bringing someone back in relationship with God, bringing someone back to the creator, brings people back to the very person that knows them and created them through his son, Jesus. And right where you are, you can tell people about Jesus. You can share the gospel. You can encourage other people. You can pray with people. God has given you that and he's encouraging. This is your push. And I pray like Timothy that you would step into the call, that you would step into it with purpose, and know that God has a plan for you, and that you don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to wait to a certain landmark in your life. No, today is the day that you can reflect God. Today is the day that you can set an example. Today is the day that you can live for Jesus. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. This is an opportunity for you who may be like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And part and of me. I want to reflect God. That all sounds good. That all sounds great. But I don't know where to start. I don't even know who Jesus is. Well, this is a moment, an opportunity for you to start and say, I want to live for Jesus. I want to live for God. And you know the greatest thing is that it doesn't end with you. Is that the very thing that God does in your life, he wants to use you to do in the life of others. And I want to encourage you right where you are, even if you know Jesus, pray for the people that are next to you. Just be an encouragement in prayer. And for those of you that don't know Jesus, those of you that have yet to make a decision to follow after Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And everything that I said, behavior, conduct, faith, speech, purity, love, and faith, none of that can be achieved in our own strength. We can't even do that on our own because our flesh, our sin nature keeps us from living and reflecting God. It keeps us from living a life of purpose, keeps us from living the very life that God has called us to. And I want to give you an opportunity to walk away from that. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus because in saying yes to Jesus, you get to walk in forgiveness and you get to walk in freedom because God loves you and he wants you to to live that life out. He wants you to be in relationship with him. So he sent his one and only son. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us because there had to be a payment. There had to be something that paid for our sin and Jesus did it. And through his sacrifice, we can have new life. Through his sacrifice, we can live a life purity. We can live a life of love, a life of faith, a life of good conduct and behavior, a life of good speech because of Jesus. And that is the way, that is the key, that is the path. It only is by Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus and live a life with him. And you're not going to do this alone. We're all in here together. We're going to encourage you in this step. We're going to encourage you in this prayer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus really is who he says he is. He really is the son of God. He really did come down and die on a cross just so we can be in relationship with God. Just so we cannot live a life of sin anymore. We're all going to say this prayer together. Don't say it alone. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I want you. I need you. Come into my heart and live there forever. I am now a Christian, and Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap for everybody that made that decision. If you made that decision, that's the best decision that you can ever make, and I'm so excited for you. There's gonna be people out in the lobby who have Bibles for you. Make sure you let them know that you made a decision. Well, youth, we're fresh out of time, but we'll see you back here Wednesday and Sunday. We love you, be blessed. Hey church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at seven o'clock. It's from seven to 8.30, and we really wanna cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at Youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a a good week at school or a bad week at school where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into Youth on a Wednesday night, they're going to leave change, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at Youth. 7 o'clock right here at our Malachi Hill campus. We would love to see them out.